Thank you so much for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. I sang that. My name is Sam Moses, and I'm with my good friend Matt Garber. You think you can auto-tune that? Probably. I'll auto-tune it for sure. And uh, today, we have a lovely, lovely, lovely topic. The topic is today, the topic of the day is why people don't work with you, or also working title is why you don't have clients. Mm. This is going to be a great episode because y'all talk to us about how do I get clients all the time, which is a great question. But the right question might be, why don't I have clients? Not how do I get them? Why don't I have them? The answer Very might introspective. be... Yeah, the answer might be in that. The solution is in why don't you, not how to. So I'm stoked about this podcast. And I'm really stoked about how that auto-tune is going to turn out. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. If I hear the preview, it's not auto-tuned. I'm sending it back. Oh, it's going to be auto-tuned. Don't worry. <laughs> I might auto-tune this whole intro. Uh, Can't but wait. We all sound like T-Pain. Shoddy. If you want to do um, <laughs> real live auto-tune and you don't have auto-tune, you can just like karate chop your throat while you're talking, and it sounds like auto-tune. You want me to karate do it? Karate chop your throat. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> That was no auto tune. <laughs> that was me chopping my throat <laughs> while I did that. <laughs> okay, some housekeeping, real quick. That Matt and I, three years in, have <laughs> realized we should have done something different. Now, we would like to ask you to uh, subscribe to our podcast. Supposedly, yes, that's please. important. And then click the stars. Give us five stars. That's all we want is five stars. Um, and then we want a thumbs up or something. Basically, wherever you can review us, if you could do that, that would be so helpful because turns out we could reach like 100,000 more people if we just do that. So we're going to start saying this at the beginning of the episode. We, uh, that's our only ad for today. That's the ad. We are the ad. And we paid ourselves for that. So I can go to dinner now. If you're on iTunes, go to like the very bottom. Scroll to the very bottom of everything. And that's where the reviews are. Yeah. So leave us a review. And on to today's topic. Matt, why don't you have clients, Matt? Oh, if you can share it too. Oh, yeah. That's, the, nice that's too. the big one. Yeah, sharing. I don't even care about important. reviews. Just share right. it with somebody. Yeah. That's yeah. really what we want is sharing. We already know we're doing a, a good thing. Yeah, we, we already know. Need to be told. It's true. Just share it. Give it to one more person and give it to... How about share it? Share it to one more person or with one more person. Words are hard today for me. Uh, just auto-tune it. Yeah, I'll just auto-tune it. Throat chop. And uh, if you share it with one person, that would make our day, I suppose. Although my day will not be ruined if you don't because I am really mature so uh anyway matt let's dialogue on mm -hmm. why people don't want to work with you or why you don't have clients i want you to kick it off mm. give me give me an, <clears throat> give me a thought i mean my biggest first thought is a lack of authenticity mm. and i'm not telling everyone to go out there and <clears throat> like make a YouTube channel and 
document your life and everything that you feel every day and whatnot because that might be too authentic. Might be. But it's like, or, you know, it might be like a complete lack of it and you're, I, I saw I saw a video on YouTube about how to create a website for your studio and you're going and you're taking photos that you didn't take for and using those for your studio pictures and... What are they, what is it called? Like the the free photos you can take online from like Upsample and stuff. What are those called? Like stock photos. Yes, stock photos. And it's stock like if it's not of your studio. When someone rolls in, it's like, hey, that's not that mic. That right. Like one of the reasons I wanted to come here. So make sure you're being an authentic person. Make sure you're not uh, like lying to your clients. This episode's also kind of like how to not market yourself. <laughs> Yeah. And I'd say the first thing is like be yourself and don't lie about who and what you're working with. Don't uh I'd say like don't name drop. That's never a good one. I've heard stories of people getting like run out of towns for name dropping <laughs> or it's not like run out of town like the old fashioned what is it like on Old Brother where art thou where like they run the guy Guns out on a rail. Yep, that way. But yeah, like you just can't get work anymore just because you're name dropping all these people that you don't really work with. And right, um, <clears throat> I don't think anything, in all honesty, speaks better than work. And uh, a big reason I've also found on why you can't get clients or why you don't have clients is uh, you might be a jerk. <laughs> Do you ever think of that, Sam? I have, and that is uh, something I've had to work on throughout my life, believe it or not, my wife and I, when we first got married, I grew up in a, in a very like cut and dry family, pros and cons to that. But uh, when I got married, my wife would uh, get very sad sometimes. And she's tough. She's a tough girl, tough woman. And uh, we, created, uh, we created a safe word. <laughs> and the safe <laughs> word is... Oklahoma. Sharp. I'm being sharp. So anytime we're in an argument or something and I don't realize that I'm being a jerk, essentially, she says, you're being sharp. And that gives me uh, freedom to then know, oh, okay, I need to restate and change my tone on how I'm saying what I'm saying. Not that what I'm saying is even wrong, but the context or the presentation of it is really what matters. So yeah, I know what it's like to be a jerk. But I've been working on it for 10 years now, and I'm less of a jerk. And that has for sure gotten me clients. <laughs> Do you have a safe word with your clients? Uh, it's penalty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> penalty is the safe word. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'll have to tell my wife. You, we have to have a code word that if I get to be too much of a jerk or too forward about certain things and that what I'm saying is not getting across in the way that <laughs> right. it's like the the like my name is Ingo Montoya. <laughs> the exactly. whole uh what is the whole thing from Princess Bride? Uh-huh. I do not think that word means what you think it means. Right. I mean yeah. it takes a it takes a, obviously a relationship <clears throat> to be somewhat healthy too for my wife to not just shut down but to know okay this is my husband. He does love me. And he just is unaware that 
the way he's presenting this because I was raised a certain way for so long that this isn't how she responds. Mm. So not everybody can do that, but it's it's been a very um, helpful thing. And now we're talking about marriage advice, but it apply it would apply to clients as well, not being a jerk and learning that how you say, you know, and what you say really matters in responding to clients and also reaching out to clients. And that probably goes down, goes back to like being authentic. Well, I mean, that was, uh, that was one of the reasons why, I don't know, however many years ago, uh, I hired you to do that, that mentorship, just saying, Hey, I want to know how to like treat my clients better. And if they ask for this, what are they asking for? And if they're, uh, if we're doing X, Y, and Z, how should I probably go about this? And, right. Uh, I think I think a few things we had to script out a little bit, uh, and I just kind of had to like remold my right. thought on on all of that. So, yeah. Sam, you were a great mentor on how to treat clients. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> I'm only great at it because I crap the bed so many times with it. So, what would you say is a reason that some people? do not have clients. That they come to you and they say, how do you get more clients? And you say, well, maybe you should... What? Buy a burrito. (laughs) Nothing's wrong with a burrito, man. (laughs) I mean, I have like a list here that I was thinking about, and this list has come from, once again, my own mistakes and the things that I can observe over the last 10 years of reasons why I didn't have clients or reasons why people didn't want to work with me. And one of the number one things that I've heard from people who work with me now who tell me why they do is I am extremely organized and organization is very professional to people. So I have a unique process, which just means I'm organized on how I onboard people, work on the project, communicate, Mm -hmm. and then offboard you know, I have an invoicing system that's very easy to use for payment and communication. Everything is very simple. I've removed as much friction as possible. And I feel like people don't work with people who are unorganized. It only takes like one project or one email, especially if someone is reaching out to you or you're reaching out to them to try and get them to respond in a way that you work together or start to form a relationship, you really only get one shot. Like mm-hmm. you want to lead with professionalism and then you can be funny later. Like <laughs> I yeah. like to joke around and be sarcastic and be funny, but I also know when that needs to be put in context of that's a joke that I'll make once we were like three projects in. Mm-hmm. But right now we're forming relationship and I know their biggest concern is, is this guy legit? Is he going to respect my project? Their fears are valid and they need to know that I'm trustworthy. And so making a bunch of jokes may not always be the best case or the best thing to lead with. So being very organized, presenting a very organized system to me of having like a website that you can point someone to that's super simple and clean and that has like a book, you know, I have a book a session, people have request a quote, you know, contact me. All of that is great and puts you leaps and bounds ahead of people who don't have that. I found that to be 
one of the most simple things to get me clients and to at least get me, we'll call them leads for the sake of business and marketing. Um, But yeah, organization to me, until I got super organized in my process and found uh, programs that really worked for me, which I think is a big thing. Everybody has to find their own flow. So like I use certain programs some people don't like and it's just personal preference. And then there's certain programs like I adore that other people don't like. I think that's what I just said. But anyway, vice versa of that. <laughs> Not going to edit that out. Are um, you able to give like an example of that? Well, I mean, like I love Mail Butler, the app, and some people hate mm-hmm. it. So I find Mail Butler to be like my virtual assistant. And I find it fits really well with my workflow and my spreadsheet I also keep. And then some people hate spreadsheets. Um, so Mail Butler is an app I use for mail to organize, add tasks, to-do lists, things like that. Um, it's got a ton of features um, that I have found very valuable, but I know some people I've recommended to go, this sucks. <laughs> so mm. it's it's all about finding, you know, organization is heavily based on, in my opinion, like what fits into your workflow. And once again, this goes back to like being authentic. Like you need to be, you need to have reality check always with yourself and go, what actually fits my problem right now? Just like when you buy gear, like what do I actually need to solve this problem? Not what does my friend have or what will impress someone on Instagram? What's the actual thing I need? Maybe I do need to spend $1,000 on speaker stands. Maybe I do need to spend $3,000 on a converter. Even though it's not sexy per se, I'll at least then hear music correctly, which then will allow you to make sexy music. <laughs> so um, so that's one of them. I could keep going down my list, but I know you want to dialogue this year. So, <clears throat> You have me really interested on this like organization thing. I'm yeah. going to be like, how am I organized? And is any of my organization... Uh, dialing back on how authentic I am because it's like as you get more organized and as you kind of dive more into this you get uh, like you get into templates and whatnot and like right. how unauthentic is a template email right and so it's like I'm trying to <clears throat> recently I've been like I'll have like a delivery email which is rather long but I mean it'll explain everything that I'm delivering right and it's like if I work with someone three or four times they're like hey I'm noticing a pattern here right <laughs> And so it's like, I would kind of like dress up the top of it yeah. and be like, hey, man, really appreciate working with you and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Be like, I'm going to put my uh, my delivery email below. That's going to kind of right. walk you through everything as far as distribution is concerned. If you need anything in the future or something, yeah, just so that they know. It's like, hey, this is like a really helpful tool yeah. that you can use. It explains everything that you have. And uh but I just wanted to say thanks, like yeah. up top. Yeah, I mean that's so. what that's what I do. Like Mail Butler allows you to have templates, which I have basically like the content that everyone needs to know and be reminded of is a template. And I keep that in notes. Yeah, and I just copy and paste. Yeah, um, and then I go through the annoying thing of because Notes has a different font than yes, Gmail does. Right. So I like reassign the font so it's the normal Gmail font <laughs> so it doesn't look like I just copy and pasted a template. Like. Well, you I'm might doing, need like, mail marketing then. Doing marketing and stuff for my other company, I'm like really focused into like these little tiny things that'll 
make people think that you're like not being completely authentic. Right. It's like, did I just get processed through like a thing? Right. And I don't ever <laughs> want somebody to feel like that. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's totally okay as you grow. There are things that everyone needs to know over and over again every project. But I yeah. do still add my own thoughts. And it's something, I mean, this is like a, a uh, an off-board or like a close a project hack I do is in Logic, I type notes on the, in the notes as I'm doing the project to, to like jot down things I liked about the project while I'm doing yes, it. So if I'm listening and I'm like, oh my gosh, the drums are awesome, I'll just type song three, drums are awesome. And then when I send that final email, I'll just like collect all that and make it into like, you know, it takes like five minutes, which someone could be like, oh my gosh, it's so much time. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The for like the type of clients and what they're paying me, it's worth spending five minutes. Not because I'm just trying to kiss their butt, because it helps them often shape like what they want to promote and then like it lets them know like what was really good, I guess. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's helpful to them. Um, and especially mixers. A lot of mixers love when I'm like, oh, the drums on this song were huge. They might be like, oh, well, I actually did this and this, and then, okay, I'll, I might then you know, make a mental note of that, and now I know how to do that. So mm-hmm. that's my little hack, because when I then, if before I started doing that, you know, I'd get to like send an off an email, and I'd be like, I don't remember anything about this project. <laughs> Just be like, sounds great, bye. So I want to remember the projects, and as you get busier and busier, I don't want to say they blur together, but I often try and treat every project fresh. So I make a big habit to try and not remember what I just worked on from like a client to client because I don't want it to influence my decisions. So I try and reset my brain, which is probably, we could do a whole episode on like sustainability while working. I'll make a note of that. But it's um, pretty good. Yeah. But anyway, that's a little uh, project email tip hack or something, whatever kids call it. Um, I have a, I have like four other things I could talk about, but I don't want to just like keep keep rambling. I'll do one very okay, cool. short because it needs to be very short. <laughs> Great. Um, and you and I were talking about it right before uh, we started this podcast. Before we started quoting Office Space. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so it's 2020, an election year. Nobody cares what you think about politics. <laughs> right. No one gives a shit about if you lean right or lean left or if you're voting for a third party. Um, and unless you're strictly working with like religious music and stuff like that, uh, I don't really think you're going to gain many clients for your... And this could be my complete ignorance. I don't think you're going to gain many clients for any religious antidotes that you have that you feel like your client base needs to hear. Um, this is just Matt being a dad telling you straight up. <laughs> it's a business killer. Don't do it. Right. Don't bring money into the conversation. Don't bring... It's like... And it's like you also see like a bunch of people like doing drugs and shit like that. And it's just like, don't like that stuff will not help you bring clients. Like all of that, anything that you do that is like incredibly polarizing that you think you're looking like a music video or something. And every time you post something, it's like that is probably the opposite of, especially for mastering engineers. Mastering engineers, like you're kind of viewed as like 
you're a finisher. Like you got your stuff together, right? And you're like working in this like clean rocket ship, and you're gonna like you got to land the rocket, man. And you got to have your stuff together. It can't necessarily be a party. It's like you're taking a project where it's like if you have a record like for a label or something like that. That's like that could be like tens of thousands of dollars, right? So no one wants to have that type of baggage on their record. So uh, I highly advise everyone, if you are being polarizing uh, publicly, uh, how about you make that post and then you push delete? Right. That's probably the best way to go about it. So don't like, just don't tight. look for an argument. Yeah. Don't pick any of those fights. Don't do any of that crap. Just type so it in wanna, notes and then delete it. <laughs> yeah, you can just leave it in notes for all I care. Just don't post it. Right. So I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you want to know why you don't have clients. Right. And so this could very much be a reason why you don't have clients because you're polarizing yourself right. to a place to where people feel uncomfortable to work with you. Right. Um, for whatever that polarizing reason is. So, anywho, on to a happier note, Sam. <laughs> On our depressing podcast episode. Happier note. I mean, I don't really have happy notes. These yeah, are all things that This I isn't a happy about. podcast. <laughs> this is why you don't have clients. This yeah. is a reality check episode, which is sometimes the best and sometimes our least listened to. So if you're still with us, you are yeah, probably... If you didn't just tune out. <laughs> you are probably the people that are actually going to make it if you're still listening. Because <laughs> you have the self-awareness that what we suck at is actually uh, the thing holding us back from getting us to the next level usually. So, uh, I mean, my one of my big things that I noticed early on in like the first five years was that one reason I didn't have clients was because I was inconsistent. And inconsistent in quality, inconsistent even in what you're talking about, like posting on Instagram, inconsistent as a brand, I would get like excited about something and get, you know, really energetic about things online and then I would do nothing for like a month or I would nail one project and then the next one would feel like kind of off. And I think part of this is like it takes experience to to build up consistency cuz you have to learn how to troubleshoot like every situation to then be consistent cuz a lot of people say mm-hmm. Now, like, I have a sound, and I agree I have a sound, and it's usually, like, bringing lots of energy and kind of coloration to things. But, I mean, I get mixes from hundreds of different uh, mixers, like, a month. So they're all drastically different, but they all end up kind of sounding, uh, they have some sort of sonic stamp on them, I suppose. But I have consistency, and I think one of the biggest things a professional does is have consistency, and I think an amateur is inconsistent. And I think that that encompasses everything from the way you communicate to the way you manage your emotions, which is like a huge part of like being under pressure and choking and being under pressure and getting very emotional is why you don't have clients. And so that goes into like the consistency of whether I am working on a project for an artist who has no fans or a project for a label for an artist who has a million fans, I am reacting and treating it the same way. The indie client gets the same amount of attention, the same signal chain, the same attention. If I take on the project 
it is now my responsibility and my accountability Mm -hmm. to treat that as if it is well-known artist who people actually care about. You got to care about the artist, whether they are famous or not. And you got to care about the art in general first and serving the client. And also, you just never know, like, that no-name artist could be famous one day. And I can assure you, if you are treating people well when they are unknown, I've had just about every artist who has grown and become successful or known over the last 10 years, they take me with with them. They compensate me really well. I literally have had people give me bonuses just because they make more money now. They're just like, here's some extra money because of all those years. Like, And that's, that's not expected, but that has been my experience is that if you are very faithful and you serve people when they are small, when they are big, assuming they are a nice person, and once again, I don't expect anyone to give me anything, they usually, though, will say, well, you're part of the team. Like They recognize that you were part of their sound that got them somewhere, and so they take you along. Now, sometimes they may just want to work with somebody else because they want a different sound, and that's fine, mm-hmm. but that's a different conversation, um, and that's not like a personal attack. But anyway, consistency, to me, is a key determining factor of if you're a professional or not. So um, if you are inconsistent currently, you're most likely new. Like I was inconsistent when I started, and I want everyone to hear that's fine. But one of the reasons why you might not have clients is because your work is inconsistent, your communication is inconsistent, the way you treat people is inconsistent. If you get really excited about a more known artist over a no-name artist, you're inconsistent emotionally. Like, and you're just in this to try and impress people. And that is a reason why you don't have clients. Okay. <laughs> That's that point. <laughs> Damn. Woo! Um, I'm kind of thinking it's like, do we steer this at all? Like, I know we're kind of like looking at time. Do we steer this at all of like why your clients don't come back? Oh, I could, yeah, I could talk about that too. I've, I've had that happen. <laughs> because it all, it might not be you. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're, if your clients don't come back, it's a number of things. A, I'll try to keep this quick. A, it's a gift to work with a client. So every project is a gift. You're not entitled yes. to any project. It is a gift that they have picked you out of 100,000 other people they could have picked to be the medium in which you get to help them get their story, their art out. That is a gift. So any project with any client one time, whether it's one song, 10 songs, one album, and they never come back, that was awesome. So that's the mindset you have to approach every project with. Two, if a client goes somewhere else, it usually has nothing to do with you. When I started, I thought it had a lot to do with me. And I took it personally, especially if a project grew really, really well, millions of streams, or did well on Billboard or something. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, we have a great team. We should keep making more projects. This, and I've kind of spoke about it before here and there, but in my mind, like, art is very much always evolving and kind of pushing boundaries and is very creative and, and is hopefully an artist grows throughout their career. 
as an artist grows, they may want a different sound. And so then they pick a different team to make that album. You can look at Kanye West, who has worked with a ton of people, and each album is uniquely stamped. Um, and I think it represents his growth as a human and as an artist. Hmm. You can look at like Picasso going through different stages of like blue phase and different different things throughout his career as a painter. Um, and those are not, that doesn't mean that the previous work was bad, inferior, or the team sucked or the tools sucked. It just means we're at a different, we're at a different place, a different season, a different time, a different context. We want to create something new. We want to try something different because we're creative people. All of us are creative, but artists especially usually like to present their art in different formats, sounds, expression as they go along because that's the way they best communicate in life usually. So that changes. So that's, if someone leaves you, don't take it personally. Celebrate them, encourage them. When they work with another master engineer, celebrate the master engineer. Check out the work. Tell them it's great if you really like it. If you don't like it, don't say anything bad. Don't trash it. You didn't get hired. Mm. And move along. And sometimes yeah, clients come back. Yeah. So I've had clients go somewhere else, make a great project, and then they come back to me because they go, you know what? We want this type of experience again. Or they ask, you know, can we do it here but do it at a different studio? Or, you know, we want to work with you because we think you have great ears, but we want more color. Can you do it like this this time? And then you say yes or no. And you're honest. Can I really do that? Or should I point them to a different master engineer who really does that? When you hold art that open and open-handedly, things can come and go. And that's my dog. <laughs> Scared the poop out of me. <laughs> Scared the poop out of me. Um, but yeah, when you hold art open-handedly, then it allows for projects to come and go. And when a project is not for you, it then opens you up to take on another project. So when someone doesn't come back, it's not a personal attack. Now, there is the rare chance that you're just not compatible with someone. And they may go, you know what? That sucked. <laughs> that could happen. <laughs> but even then, it's not, you know, it may feel very personal because it might have to do with communication skills or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's really like, a best fit scenario. Like it's just that just boils down to this isn't the best fit. Um, but it could also be if you're very early on, because I've been in the situation where someone didn't come back because I crapped the bed. And it was, it goes back to the inconsistency thing. Like one song sounded great, one song sounded terrible. I didn't know how to make the second song sound good. Like I kind of lucked out on the first one. And that was because I didn't know how to troubleshoot shoot the second song, but the first one was right in my sweet spot. But now, if I got that those two songs, I'd make them both sound great because I have ten years now of records and how to approach it. So that but to also, me, yeah, go ahead, please talk. Also, know that those two, three, four, five songs may never even uh, be able in the same galaxy to sound similar, right? Just with like how people do things in bedrooms and whatnot, and recording in closets and stuff so it's like as like from a mastering stance those two songs may never have the ability to sound the same just per how they were tracked and then right it's like i think the only record that i've uh turned down is when there was like another mastering engineer on the record yeah and 
it was like he did three songs and they wanted me to do four. And I was like, I'm not touching this with another mastering engineer on it because it's already going to, because like I think there were like two studios on it and several different tracking locations. It's like the last thing you need is more than like multiple mastering engineers. It's like that is not like the point of a mastering engineer. So uh, you're kind of getting into deep water. As far as like uncomfortable things, like when you're new and whatnot. It's like I'm kind of expecting also that people are relatively like emotionally aware, yeah, and can take a hint. But generally, if you're having to push a project along and it's kind of like if it's a bad fit, you generally know, and it's it's nothing that you're really surprised about. And uh, generally, if it's a good fit, it's like everybody's happy, stuff moves along really well. It's like if you have a revision, it's like normally relatively minor. Um, I've said this a little bit. I'm kind of dialing back how much I'm saying this, but it's like there's not as much like baggage in the project that gets transferred over to mastering from like the rest of the project. Because yeah. it's like with COVID, it's like I've there were records that were supposed to come to me in March or April um, that were like supposed to finish up, and it's like they're coming back around uh, right now like finishing up around the end of the year so and it's like nothing against any that's just like 2020 has been kind of a shit show right so it just just is what it is um, but yeah like nor- like normally though if like there's a little bit of like weirdness in the project I feel like the mastering engineer from like like whenever you kind of have a wave hit you you're like Whoa! What was or like something like weird come by in an email or like if you're on a phone call or whatnot, you're like, what was that? Like, like there is some weird juju happening here. So like if there's drama or something like that, and you're just catching a weird vibe, like mid mid thing, or people are wanting to like try to like do things, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> you normally have that thing. Is like maybe I should pass on this project, right? But. Um, but I mean, as as you said, as far as like service to clients and whatnot, it's like they're like if I take the project on, it is it's not getting dialed back because I dialed back the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a project I did completely for free that was for uh, this camp I went to when I was a kid, and it's like obviously it's like if it's a kids camp, there's this like operations budget uh, didn't get met this summer. Uh, when no one really could come. So they were putting together uh, an album and stuff like that. And uh, I was like, well, I don't want to charge when you can't, like, when it's, like, difficult to pay bills and whatnot. And this is to help offset some of the expenses that have, like, been occurred, like, when you could not, like, physically operate. It's like, I'm not going to charge for that. And so they were like, well, we just want to, like, figure out, like, like, like what's going to be different because it's uh, a free album? And I said nothing's going to change. I said you get one hundred percent me for right one hundred percent of the time that you need me for, and if you need a revision, if you need whatever, it's like I'm. Like, it was a long album too. It was almost twenty songs. I was like, I'm not doing this in the in, like in the box. I'm going to run everything through gear, and I'm going to make sure everything sounds great. And I'm not going to like I'm not going to call it in. So this has my name on it too. So right. Uh, <clears throat> essentially, I feel like a lot of this episode could be summed up in 
like you don't have the proper customer service. Yeah, that you should probably have. Well said. Yeah. Uh, if you kind of want to, I guess, put the proverbial bow on it. Right. So that's kind of that's kind of where I am on yeah. it. What did I have this note? Oh, 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 oh. I had a note. It's completely unrelated, but the whole like having a sound thing. Yeah, I had an idea mid thing, and I wrote it down. So it's like if if you if you have a sound, but it's unintentional, um, is that you mentally saying that like this is where X needs to be for it to pass my QC? Yeah. Are you asking me the question? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I don't. I try to have as transparent of a sound as I can, right? I mean, intentionally, but I understand after a while, like it's like getting like however many songs I get a year, yeah, and however many you do, it's like I would say you're probably like three x probably what I'm doing, yeah. What do you think you're doing song wise a year? Uh, I mean, I'm doing over. You don't have to say if you don't want to. Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's thousands. <laughs> so. Probably between one and two thousand. I'm doing at like my absolute peak. Like I think my busiest year I was doing like seven fifty. Yeah. And it's like this year it's like I'll probably do like two thirds of that. So it's like you're getting songs from everywhere. Yeah, I mean I'm well, I think what I just said, I was doing quick math in my head. (laughs) Three hundred sixty five. Carry the one. Yeah, it's like the whispers of math. It's like 1800 to 2000. It's like five a day, every day. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Three to five so, a day easily. So, it's like you're getting stuff from all over the world. Yeah. And yeah, you're like right about like triple where I am. But it's like I'm only doing it in the morning. So, I'm not. Right. <laughs> I'm, well, yeah. And I couldn't imagine that workload right now. Everybody listening is 10 years. So, yeah. I started with no, no work. And it just builds a little bit each year. And then you find yourself with more work than you can do and you give it to other people. Yeah, and so what I was getting on as far as like having a sound and whatnot is because you are getting uh, music from all around the world, you have to create this mental faculty, which uh, let's call it like a more established bank will... If you wanted a loan from that bank, you need to you need to be able to put your loan package in. You need to be able to like fit in that box that they have designed for that loan to go into for their underwriters to approve it. Well, from a mental faculty capacity, you essentially are saying this song needs to fit within this box of quality control and the mix needs to fit within a box of quality control for me to even accept it and then for it to come out of here with my seal of approval it's not necessarily a tone I put on things but this is how I expect a master to perform that leaves my studio yeah and so it's like as far as like like putting a button on this whole episode I feel like the reason you probably don't have clients is your customer service and your quality control. Right. Absolutely. So, I think I'm done. <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's... This whole time, I'm like, how can I sum this up in, yeah. like, a thing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's really it. And it, in the... 
sometimes non-fun answer is that both those things come from time. Yeah. And you can cut your learning curve by listening to us, listening to other people that actually make records. But for me, looking back, even if I was being equipped like we are with this podcast, because there was nothing like this podcast when I started. Like, no one was talking about mastering (laughs) at all. Um, Not even like on the internet, to my knowledge. Um, It just takes time. It takes a lot of years to learn what you're what your customers want. And that's kind of like, I'm thinking about now is when you get started, you're kind of like filtering through customers as well as you're trying to feel yourself out on some level of like what you're capable of or what your sound really is or, you know, how you can troubleshoot things in your own unique way. And you won't, you most likely won't have consistency until you've gone through that learning curve. Mm -hmm. Um, and you won't be able to execute under pressure until you've been in pressure multiple times to know what that feels like. Because for me now, when I get label stuff, like it's my heart doesn't race anymore. <laughs> but like the first time years ago, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm sweating. Um, but now it's it's business as usual, which doesn't mean it's not great and exciting. I still get really excited, but there is a calmness, and I don't even want to call it a lack of emotion. To me, it's I'm so emotionally intelligent now with it to where I know how to handle it in a healthy way. Um, I know how to not let that necessarily get involved and take away from the energy I can actually spend on the project, um, making it the best it can be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, quality control, customer service. And if you don't know how to do those things, go read a book. Like... <laughs> <laughs> legitimately the amount of people who ask me like oh you're so wise where did you get all your information I'm like I read it in this book I have a list of books if you want my book list of books that have changed my life happy to send that to you um, maybe we'll have to put it in the notes for the yeah. episode I mean we're all everyone's always just regurgitating someone else's thing but what's cool is in our context we usually put language to it slightly differently which then makes it connect with people differently. Um, Sam's holiday reading list. Yeah, my holiday reading list. So anyway, I mean, that's everything I, I wanted to say today. So you summarized it well, so I'm going to shut up now. Would you just shut up, man? <laughs> so if you are still listening at this point of the episode, about you 45 rock. minutes in, thank you. And you probably are also starting to hear a sweet beat creep up from beesabeats.com. So creepy. And... Uh, if you'd like to buy this beat, it's available. Made by the lovely Sam Moses over at BeesBeats.com. I wonder how many people turn off the episode at this point. Anyway, I don't know. I'm always curious about that. I would. I'd keep going because I want to hear the beat. Right. Or I'd just skip the whole thing and just go to the beat. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. If you like that, go ahead and you can buy that from Sam. And if you want to buy some merch from the Attack and Release Show, go over to theattackandreleasehow.com and we have some merch for you. Mm-hmm. And what else do we have? What else do we have? What else do we have? I don't think we have anything else. If you like what you heard, give us some stars like we said in the beginning. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Please share with a close friend or friendly neighbor. It doesn't have to be a friendly neighbor. You can just make a flag and just, <laughs> you know, just, just wave it. Wave. wave it as you like. So, anywho... 
morning, afternoon, even, whatever you're having, have a darn good one. Be good to your clients. Spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> oh, Bob Barker. Oh, Bob. You and your long, slender microphone. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Cue the music, Sam. Hey, Peter Man. <laughs> hey, Peter Man. <laughs> Bye. All right.